Welcome to The Recovery Show. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of expectations. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program and the opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Swetha and I'll be your host today. Joining me is Kelly. How are you today, Kelly? I'm doing great, thanks. Great, and how are you, Spencer? I'm doing well considering the sleep deprivation. Cool. (laughs) The first segment of today's episode of the Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic expectations. Following a musical break, we will talk about our lives and recovery about what's happening in meetings that we attend and in our lives. We will follow that with brief news about the podcast before closing with another musical break. As I said, my name is Swetha, and um, just to start, I, I, when, we, when I realized that our topic was about expectations, I, the first thing that popped into my mind just from recent, uh, my own personal life, I guess, is trying to figure out the difference between boundaries, expectations, and rules. And I, I tried to not have expectations, but uh, for me, that's an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation. <laughs> um, but I guess usually for me, when I feel like I have expectations of myself or other people, I try to kind of backtrack a little bit and focus more on my boundaries rather than my expectations of others. And then based on those boundaries, I try to, I mean, ideally, I work with myself or the other person and come to a compromise between our relative boundaries and come up with maybe something more stable, formal that we've both agreed on. And I I guess for me, that's quote unquote rule, which can change. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of how I separate the three is what I want versus what I need versus what we agreed on, where what I want is my expectations. What I need are my boundaries and the rules are what I agreed on with myself or others. What about what about you guys? How do you guys feel about the difference between those three? Well, when I think about expectations, um, particularly in the context of, of what I've learned about expectations in the program, it's more, for me, it's about maybe, I mean, yes, it's things that I want, It's it, but it's about the way that I want other people to behave. Or sometimes I'll have expectations of myself about the way I want myself to behave. Um, and very often these expectations are not explicitly stated. And that's part of the problem, is that I expect somebody to behave in a certain way, but I don't tell them. So, because they're just supposed to know, right? They're just supposed to know how I want them to behave. Uh, For example, uh, last night we were going out to dinner. It was my daughter's last day in town. uh, And so we went out to dinner, and I pulled up in front of the restaurant, and I expected my wife and daughter to get out of the car and then I would go look for a parking space. And of course they just sat there. (laughs) And I said, oh, um, wait, I'm expecting you to read my mind, aren't I? Uh, You could get out of the car now and then I'll go park. And they're like, oh, okay, get out of the car. (laughs) Okay, so when the the expectation is, is not stated, there's a much higher likelihood that the other person's not going to meet the expectation. And so it's much more likely to lead to uh, resentment or anger on my part. Uh, and so one of the things that, that I've learned about expectations is that if I really 
want somebody else to come up to my expectations, the very least I need to do is to state them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm not so big on rules. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm trying to think how we how how we do things in the family, and maybe 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 you could talk, Kelly, while I'm thinking. <laughs> sure. Um, I I started thinking about the idea of the concept we talk about um, staying in your hula hoop or your own personal space and how that relates to boundaries and expectations and rules. Cause I feel like boundaries are things that are within my hula hoop, things that I have control over things that, um, as Spencer mentioned that I can state other people that are relative to my needs and getting those met where expectations is a more external thing for me, that it's something that is not in my hula hoop that I'm placing on someone else. And their and and my expectation of their reaction or their behavior or the way that they treat me. So I guess it, you know I'm thinking about this hula hoop and and boundaries sort of fit within it, and expectations are kind of on the outlying area. And uh, the rules thing also kind of threw me off. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think about, um, you know, I don't really. I don't really have too many rules. I feel like rules are things that other people set that apply to me, you know, like um, laws and <laughs> driving regulations and things like that that I just sort of have to obey for my safety and others. But, um, you know, I guess sort of along the lines of what you said, I'm thinking that rules are maybe boundaries that can't move or don't move because they are set in place for for a specific reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sounds okay, I, I've got a thought actually. Um, comes from uh, a different, a non-program part of my life, but since we're not in a meeting here, I can talk about it, right? Um, in at um, I'm a member of a particular church, and in our church, we talk about covenants um, that. You know, we don't have a creed. We don't have a set of rules. What we have are covenants. And the way uh, one of the ministers explained it to me, and I really, really grabbed this definition, I really like it, is that a covenant is a set of promises that we make to each other about how we will be together. So they're not rules, although people often cast them as rules. So um, I worked with the youth at the at at the church, and whenever the youth would get together for something new, so at the beginning of um, the, the the school year when we got a new group of kids in because it's grade based, right? Um, or if we went to a, a weekend conference or had even just an overnight thing at, um, with the, with the youth group, one of the first things we would do is we would sit down and we would make a covenant about expected behavior, and at least in theory, everybody agrees to the covenant. It's a consensus process, right? Uh, and, and, and then what you hear, when you hear the kids talking about them, it's like, well, this is a rule. Like, you, know, um, you know, respect others' opinions is a rule. No, it's a covenant, it's a promise that we made. And, and one of the differences is that if you um, go outside the covenant, okay, you didn't break a rule. You didn't break something that somebody else imposed on you. Right, you broke a promise that you made, and so then it becomes more clear how to make up for that, how to amend for that, because 
you need to get back into that promise. You need to get back into that right relationship um, by making whatever amends are, are, are appropriate. Um, and so I think I like to carry that over into other parts of my life and into the family. And so um, we, we don't do it explicitly. We, we, we probably ought to. Um, I think things might work a little better sometimes if we did. Um, and yeah, so that's what I've got right now. I just had another thought as Spencer was talking. I'm not trying to send us on uh, some crazy tangent, but um, as he was talking, I was kind of thinking about the how we talk about the steps, traditions, and concepts and how they relate to us. And so we speak about it and say that the steps are how the program relates to us personally. The traditions are how the program relates to us in our relationships and then the concepts are how we relate to the rule or I'm sorry to the world right and that's kind of how I'm seeing this question here is that you know boundaries are how I relate to the world in terms of what I need expectations are how I relate to the world in terms of myself and my relationships with others that are close to me and then rules are kind of tied in with the concepts and how I relate to the world at large Hmm. so I don't know if that makes sense to you guys or not yeah Actually, uh, a lot of my confusion with it when I first came into the program is, um, first, I didn't have boundaries. <laughs> so when I came in and people were like, oh, you know, boundaries are a good thing. What I heard was, um, if you have boundaries, everybody has to follow everything you say <laughs> when you have a boundary. So I had this, I had this expect, well, here we go. I had yeah. this expectation that if I set a boundary, it was actually a rule for the entire world to follow and they would follow it because that was the rule. You had to follow everyone's boundaries. And um, that was wrong. <laughs> it didn't actually work out that way. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I got the idea, actually. I think I just like the idea of just rules. That's I, I think that's how I um, related to things. Uh, if someone said something, if someone told me they had a boundary, I, I think someone mentioned this to me. Like if someone told me they had a boundary, it would be like there was a fortress wall between me and whatever that thing was. I mean, I would never do it again, ever. And that's what a boundary was when someone else said it. But for me, my personal boundary was like a, a line in the sand and somebody just had to erase it a little bit and um but I, I always had expectations of other people to kind of like you were saying Spencer read my mind as to what I wanted and um and what my boundaries were even if I didn't know what my boundaries were <laughs> and I would get really very quickly frustrated and angry and upset and resentful um and after I came into the program I was kind of more aware that I was ha having these expectations like I'm I'm uh aware that I'm I want certain people to behave certain ways or even aware that I expect a situation to turn out a certain way and it's funny now that I'm in the program a lot of the times my expectations are wrong <laughs> I remember um recently I was really looking forward to getting some information back about something I applied to and I was thinking oh my god if I don't get into this thing I'm my world's going to be over. I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to slink into a depression and go back into insanely codependent behavior. I'm going to quit the program. I mean, that's that's just what I thought. <laughs> Obviously, uh, inside my head is sometimes a, a crazy place. Um, and then it happened, and I didn't get in. And I remember looking at that letter and going, well, that sucks. I have to work on this program now, and I'm going to go get coffee with a friend later, and it's, it's going to be fine. No big deal. And I remember sending a text to my 
a friend about it and he called immediately and he's like oh my gosh i'm so sorry are you okay and i was like yeah i really am i i guess wow <laughs> i guess i am maybe something's wrong i need to call my sponsor <laughs> why am i not devastated <laughs> but expectations are so much different for me now than they were before the program before the program they were what was supposed to be they were what was supposed to happen and now even though i still have expectations it's more yeah, it's something I wanted. It didn't happen. It's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's it's going to be fine. Is that how you guys, I mean, how do you guys feel about expectations in your lives, like before the program versus today, maybe? Well, one of the things I thought of as you were talking, and you talked about becoming aware of your expectations, and and we have, um, I, I've heard these things called the three A's, which is awareness, acceptance, and action. And that and this is obviously, this is a good topic for another show, but that we can't change something until we're aware of it. Um, and that, in fact, we can't effectively change it until we have accepted that it is what it is. And then we can take action, we, then we can take an appropriate action. And so, you know, you got that first step there, and maybe you got some second step there, and, and uh, um, you know, and then... So that's that's one way to deal with it. And, and when... I don't think I really thought about having expectations. Um, I was not really very self-aware, I think, before I came into the program. I had no reason to need to be self-aware. It wasn't something I wanted to do. You know, self-examination stuff, like, ooh, shiver, um, cringe. And, uh, uh, and when I came into the program, and, and the program gave me a framework for doing that. It gave me a... a a process and it and it also was full of people who had done that process and and were living their lives better and I was like okay well you know it worked for them maybe it could work for me and uh, and so I was willing um, I was willing to try it and so um, I still have expectations I still find myself having expectations I have expectations on myself I have expectations on other people the difference now is that I'm more likely to be aware of them, um, and I'm more likely to say, "Oh, this is uh, an unreasonable expectation. This is this is probably not what's going to the, this person is going to do in this situation." Uh, and and if I continue to expect that behavior out of somebody else, then when it doesn't happen, I'm going to be angry or resentful. And when I'm not aware. I can get myself into a place where I'm, I'm, I have an expectation of what I want a person to do, and I have another expectation at the same time that says, "Oh, but they're not going to." Uh, and you put those two together, and I can start being resentful about something that hasn't happened yet, um, which is is a really, like you say, it's you know inside my head, it's inside our head is a crazy place to be. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts, Kelly? You know, when you mentioned the idea of self awareness before the program, I could definitely relate to that. I I, I know that I had expectations, but I don't think that I knew that's what they were. I think expectations were just a part of my controlling nature and the way that I behaved, that I just, in order to keep things intact and together and running efficiently, I had to have expectations of other people. And I couldn't be, I couldn't be appropriately miserable if they weren't meeting them. You know, if I wasn't setting these really high expectations that they couldn't even meet. Um, 
Now I, I, this is something that I definitely still struggle with. I mean, I personally, I definitely have expectations of myself, sometimes realistic, sometimes unrealistic. And that's definitely that I'm trying to find the sweet spot in the gray area of what is healthy for me there, because I, I don't think I can't, you know, I think we're, we're speaking almost of expectations as if they are entirely a bad thing. And I do think that, that it's, there is a way to have a healthy expectation of myself, of what I'm capable of, of what I can and can't do. Um, for me, really mostly though, it's the other part that I struggle with, you know, my expectations of other people, people around me. Uh, you guys know that I travel a lot for a living. I spend a lot of time in the car on the highway and I have major expectations about other people and their driving capabilities. Um, you know, whether they're going fast enough or whether they should be getting out of my way because I want to go faster or, um, you know, when someone else is driving, whether they are doing it effectively or not. So, so for me, I think I have a good handle on my, my self expectations and how to keep that in check, but it's definitely with other people. Um, you know, sometimes I have those moments of clarity where I can use the pause button and realize that what I'm thinking about this other person is not, not a healthy or appropriate expectation for them, but, but sometimes I can't. And so I do still go to that place of resentment where they aren't meeting my needs. And so that's why for me, it's really important to utilize the fellowship program that if I can call somebody, uh, my sponsor or another program friend and just run the situation past them, they usually can give me that clarity that I'm not able to see and let me know kind of where that level is, where I'm, I'm getting out of line. So, Okay. Uh, you know, we had a phone call from one of our listeners that um, relates to what we've been talking about right now. I'm going to play that. And this is Mark from Canton, and I'm calling about the topic of expectations. And I'm familiar with having high expectations and how that leads to resentments and how low expectations lead to disappointments, but one area that I've really had to work around and work on is reasonable expectations and whether my expectation is reasonable or not. Because if my expectation that something and it's not being met and I determine that it's my expectation was unreasonable, well, there's something I can do about me and my attitudes. But if my expectation is reasonable it's not being met, well, then I need to look at mm, boundaries and borders and those kinds of responses. So for me, it's been fairly important to determine whether my expectation is reasonable or not. So there's where the struggle is, is determining whether my expectation is reasonable or not. So I'd love to get your feedback. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you, Mark. If you would like to add your voice to the podcast, as Mark did, you can call us. You can put the podcast on pause right now, and you can call us at area code 734-707-8795. Or you can send email to feedback at com, and we can include your comments in a future episode. Mark talked about a number of things here. He talked about high expectations leading to resentments, which we have, have mentioned. 
He also added that uh, he understands that low expectations can lead to disappointment. And that was a new one to me when I first heard it a couple of months ago. And I said, oh, yeah, that's so true. Um, and, I, and I thought about a particular episode where I had uh, a low expectation of somebody's behavior. I, I knew they were going to act in a way that I didn't want them to or that I didn't like when they, when they did it. Um, and so I was sort of pre-primed so that when they did it, then I could react immediately right away. Um, in that case, it was more anger than disappointment. But um, I don't know. Do, do you guys have thoughts about that? Um, well, actually, I had never heard of this idea of low expectations leading to disappointments. But as you were talking, it made me think of the idea when, uh, and I, I'm, I'm at a loss for the appropriate term here, but, you know, when I tell myself ahead of time that I can't do something or that I'm going to do something wrong or it's not going to be perfect, and then it turns out that way, and then I can say, see, I told you so. Um, you know, that to me is a low expectation yeah. leading to yeah. disappointment. Um, but, but yeah, I had never heard that before. I, I do agree with Mark that, that, you know, kind of as I mentioned earlier, that there is that gray area of finding reasonable expectations. And it's very tricky because it does tie into the idea of boundaries. And sometimes I feel really strongly about boundaries that I've set and, then as I sit with it longer, I realize that it's more of an expectation than a boundary and maybe not something that I really need. And so I think, you know, for me, it's thinking about things in terms of constant change. You know, nothing can be static because everything around me is changing. So if I have this expectation or this boundary or anything else that because I'm constantly changing, uh, and the people around me are changing, that my boundaries and expectations will be morphing too. So I really have to be open to the idea of, you know, moving that line around to find that comfortable place. Because it's, it's even when I do find the comfortable place, it doesn't always stay the same either. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. Um, I guess, yeah, definitely. I really like that you mentioned that... Um, you know, for you, it's a it's a constantly moving target, and that everything's changing around you. Because I think, I think for me, a lot of the resentments and disappointments um, would I, actually. I think for me, it's the other way around. High expectations kind of led to disappointments for me, and then low expectations led to <laughs> resentments, kind of. <laughs> but I think in both of those situations, um, a lot of it was that because I didn't expect change or I, I didn't want there to be change rather um I often used to time my own value or self-worth into my expectations if someone met my expectations then that meant I was someone worth listening to or someone to be respected I don't know some, right. something like that and um so for me the first thing I, I usually have to do with expectations low or high or otherwise before I can even consider whether they're reasonable or unreasonable is uh, make sure to untangle <laughs> where I end and where the expectations begin and that they don't they don't define the relationship I have with that person or um, they aren't based in like a uh, in terms of their opinion of me or anything like that just because someone disagrees with me or doesn't want to meet certain expectations doesn't mean 
anything <laughs> at all. For example, um, my significant other was supposed to buy groceries. That was part of our living arrangement deal. And I, <laughs> I waited for a week for him to buy groceries because I was like, surely he sees that the fridge is bare. <laughs> Any day now, I, he, can, he can get the groceries. And then finally yesterday, I was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, could you get the groceries? <laughs> and, and he was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, no problem. No big deal. But the fact that he didn't get groceries till that day didn't mean he wanted me to starve. <laughs> it didn't mean that it wasn't important for me to eat. <laughs> I mean, I know this is an extreme example, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, that's just, I, I think that's the first thing I usually need to do, but I, I don't know. I think, I think for me with, I had a really low, after, after Wednesday when I started getting annoyed and cranky and hungry, <laughs> I started having low expectations and I was like, oh my God, he's, he's never going to buy the groceries. I'm just never going to, I'm just going to have to get the groceries myself. It's been the first week that we're living together and it's already gone. <laughs> All the rules so, are gone. So you were disappointed in his I was. lack of meeting your well, expectation actually, and you were resentful that he hadn't done it. <laughs> and I was trying to get him to read my mind and, you were trying <laughs> and to get read him the to fridge. Read <laughs> but yeah, I, I think um, I think once I separate my own value uh, from those expectations, I'm better able to gauge whether they're too high or too low. And finally, at some point, I called someone in the program and was like, here are my options. I can either go and buy the groceries or stare him down next to the fridge. <laughs> and she was like, or, or, <laughs> you can say, <laughs> could you go get some groceries? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it sounds so simple. It, it's it's yeah. amazing to me, actually. You know, now that you start in with the domestic expectations. I mean, <laughs> whoa! So my kids were home over the holidays, right? My kids are are adults; they're seniors in college, and uh, I have certain expectations that they will do things when they're home, and like maybe put dishes in the dishwasher. Okay, they don't even have to do the dishes, but if they could just put them in the dishwasher instead of letting them pile up in the sink. Um, and so what happens is they stay up a lot later than I do most nights and they eat in the middle of the night because they're starving students and they have a much higher metabolism than I do so they eat more and and so I come down in the morning and there's all these dirty dishes piled in the sink and you know and I need the sink so that I can like make coffee and feed the dog and stuff like that and so um, and and I, I have this very clearly unrealistic expectation that they will see the dirty dishes in the sink and they will think, oh, I should put those in the dishwasher. <laughs> now, they've never done this. <laughs> okay? I mean, maybe once or twice, okay, in 20-something. Well, okay, we didn't start expecting them to put things in the dishwasher when they were two, obviously, but, um, you know, at least a decade. They've never done it. They've never looked at the pile of dishes in the sink and, and thought, oh, I should load the dishwasher. But if I say, hey, could you load the dishwasher? They're like, oh, sure. And then and do it without complaining, without hesitating. Well, at least one of them doesn't hesitate and doesn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> I won't Progress say which not one. Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I continue to have this expectation that they'll see the dirty dishes in the sink next time. Um, and at least I've been in the program long enough that I don't get resentful about it. There's a little bit of maybe exasperation, like, oh, they didn't put the dishes in the dishwasher, and now I have to do it before I can make my coffee. Okay, 
maybe a little bit of crankiness there. But but basically I say, okay, well, I didn't ask them to put the dishes in the dishwasher. And I know that actually they won't do it until I ask them, even, no matter how much I expect them. And so I just do it. And, you know, it's part of my self-care that it's better for me to just do it than to see the pile of dirty dishes in the dishwasher and be upset about the pile of dirty dishes. Um, but yeah, I still expect people to read my mind even when I know they can't. Uh, you know, Mark also talked about, uh, asked a question that he'd like us to actually try to address about how do we know when our expectations are appropriate or too high or too low? And, uh, either of you have thoughts on that right now? Not it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I'm thinking about it in terms of a couple of aspects that we've talked about on a lot of the podcasts before, but I feel like when it comes to a term that we hear a lot called right thinking, when it comes to right thinking, it comes back to some really basic principles for me, at least in terms of, um, fear and trusting my higher power. And most of the time I'm, you know, I'm thinking about examples like what you guys are talking about. I'm thinking about personal examples. And most of the situations I'm thinking about when my expectations are out of control, it's usually related to fear, fear that something isn't going to happen, fear that something isn't going to get done, fear that, um, you know, catastrophe will ensue because of said thing not being completed. Um, and the other thing is, you know, when I'm not focused on my relationship with my higher power, when I'm not in that mode of staying in the moment is when my expectations get out of control too. And so for me, I think it comes back to those two ideas that if I'm, if I'm trusting the process, if I'm trusting that Whatever is important to get done will get done. Whatever needs to happen will happen. Whatever doesn't need to happen won't happen. If I can be okay with those things and I'm able to let go of expectations both on myself and others. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys, are um, you thinking something different? Uh, I think, I think for me in terms of appropriateness, that's a really, that's a really tricky term for me. I mean... Especially, I think especially growing up in kind of a hybrid between two cultures, I guess, it's hard for me to say that something that's appropriate um, in the American culture, which I was kind of raised in, applies to maybe an Indian culture, which my par parents were raised in, or even something that I might have drawn from that culture might apply to maybe my relationship with my significant other who was raised in America. <laughs> and so appropriate's been always really tricky for me. And when it comes to my expectations of other people, um, it's I, I tend to first try to check in with myself and see if I'm comfortable with uh, with what I want, I guess. And then um, and then I try to talk to somebody else that has nothing to do with that situation whatsoever. <laughs> um, and can kind of see it from a third person's per perspective. And then um, and I think one of the most important conversations I have is with that other person and say, hey, hey, this is where I'm coming from. This is why. Um, tell me tell me how you feel about that. And maybe kind of see what their expectations are, too, just because, I mean, there's, there's just way too much um, difference. I mean, even if he and I, for example, with my partner, even if he and I were raised 
or actually let me just talk my sister for example she and i were raised in the same household <laughs> for 20 something years and we have drastically different ideas about what we want or, or need or really on anything we're just stark opposites and if two people that have lived in the same house since birth <laughs> can have such different expectations and boundaries um i think it'd be really hard for me to say just off the top of my head that this is appropriate just as an absolute um i mean i could say this is appropriate for me right now and then be willing to let go of that and that's how i kind of deal with that i guess how about you spencer um, so one of the things that, that I picked up there that, uh, is that, you know, different people um, expect sorry, expect uh, to things to happen in different ways. And I was thinking about uh, my wife, who I grew up in New York State. She grew up in Texas. And so uh, she expected certain standards of behavior uh, that I didn't do, you know. Um, she expected me to come around and open the car door for her and, and then go back around and get in my side. And, and I was never brought up with that, okay? Um, it was not something that was in, in my code of behavior or whatever you want to call it. And uh, she, I think, eventually accepted that that was not something I was going to do most of the time. Occasionally, I remember. but uh, and, uh, and now we got the electric door lock, so it's even easier anyway. Hit the button on the on the key fob and and the door's unlocked and you can get in now. Okay, um, you know, and for her it's not about the practicality of it. It was it's about um, uh, a measure of respect, a measure of courtesy, and um, and and that that particular expectation on her part, which was totally reasonable um, in the in the culture that she grew up in, uh, was not something that was in in my culture, and so it was very difficult for me to to switch over to doing it and probably I just was lazy too you know but <laughs> we're not going to go there um, but I liked also what you said about checking in with a third person uh, who's not involved in the situation because uh, I mean that's a tool that that I use not as often as I should but it's a very powerful tool for me when I'm uh, need to check um, on expectations or uh, behavior or something that maybe I'm thinking about doing and, and this little voice in my head says, you know, that might not be the best thing to do. Um, or and, and I can call somebody and say, okay, so I need to, I just need to double check here. I need somebody outside my head um, to run this idea by and, and just tell me what you think, okay? And and so that's a really powerful tool and I think that's 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 a good thought that when, when you're trying to decide if expectations are appropriate, either expectations from you or expectations on you to to check in with somebody who's not in the situation and, and is more or less neutral and you know sponsors and other people in the program or um, or maybe a therapist or, or tend to be um, good for that kind of check-in um, especially if they can bring some some program to it well Kelly any further thoughts um, yeah I mean I I definitely utilize kind of, as I mentioned earlier, other people in the program too, um, you know, aside from checking in with my higher power and checking my level of fear, uh, definitely important to consult, as you mentioned, my sponsor, someone else that I trust that knows me and my situation. Um, you know, sometimes when you're stuck in a 
situation that you're furious about, you don't have two hours to give somebody new your entire life story. So, you know, I have five or six people on my list who know pretty much everything that's happened to me so that I can call them. And, it, you know, it's just a quick 10 minutes to get my situation out and then they can set me straight. Um, and and that, that's, that's been really helpful too. So I agree. Um, I have kind of a, oh, a quick question, actually. So with expectations, I was kind of, I, I like the idea of, okay, are my expectations appropriate or not um, to a situation or to a person, et cetera. But it was interesting for me when I heard Mark's voicemail, um, expectations being too high or too low. I mean, for me, I guess in the past, I've thought, um, I've always seen expectations either as appropriate or inappropriate. Like it might be appropriate for me to want to see uh, one of my friends this afternoon for coffee. Maybe not that appropriate if she lives in Burma, for example. <laughs> that would be difficult. Yeah. So, but I mean, <laughs> um, so too high or too low has been kind of, that was kind of uh, an interesting way of putting it. I mean, especially the too low. Um, I don't think I've ever set low expectations on other people. <laughs> I think I've always gone the other way around where I'm sitting there thinking, why aren't you perfect right now? Why are you getting, I mean, even, even sometimes I catch myself in the program, uh, like when I'm sitting in the program uh, meetings or something like that. And I, I mean, it's, it's all well and good. And I, you know, people are saying all the, the things that they've done to that are healthy responses to things, but then I'll hear, uh, I might see someone after the meeting and they might be slightly frustrated about something. And I'm thinking, you're not allowed to be frustrated. You just came out of a meeting. <laughs> I look to you to be the ideal perfect person. <laughs> you're not allowed to get frustrated, <laughs> you know. But too low was an interesting interesting thing. I, I don't think I've very often set expectations on others or even on myself that were too low, for example. I might think that something bad will happen. <laughs> but um, have you guys, is that... Just... I think, and I don't remember now if it was earlier in, in, in our discussion or, or before we started taping, um, one of you talked about um, somebody living, sort of living down to expectations and then, and then saying, oh yeah, I told you so. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, so if, if I expect somebody to not do something or if I expect them to do a poor job at it and then they meet that expectation, I'm all ready for them to be, for me to say, oh yeah, I knew you weren't going to get it done. Well, uh, and that's sort of, the, I think that's the sort of the premeditated disappointment. I, I knew you weren't going to get it done. So uh, how do you guys know when your expectations are too low? For, I mean, I can, I, I know when I, my expectations are too high because it's unrealistic. <laughs> it's just unrealistic for someone in Burma to have coffee with me at two this afternoon. <laughs> Um, but how do you guys know when your expectations are too low? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, for me, it's, it's a question of taking away someone's dignity to make their own decisions. You know, like the example you were talking about earlier with the groceries. Like, to me, that seems like a low expectation. Like, well, he's never going to do this, so I'm going to have to do it. You know, like he's too busy or he's incapable or, I mean, I, I can relate to the too low expectations idea in, in several of my um, intimate relationships with significant others in, in initially starting with expectations that were too high, that they were never able to meet. And then 
going to the complete opposite end of the scale, kind of using that black and white thinking that we talk about and saying, you know, because last time he wasn't able to remember my birthday, that I should just pretend my birthday doesn't exist, you know, or or something to the extreme opposite end because I need to not be disappointed next time. So if I set the expectation extremely low, I think in my mind I'm hoping that I just won't be disappointed, that maybe they will at least meet that really, really low expectation <laughs> that I'm setting. Um, like Spencer said, when it, what, what happens is it gets really tricky if then they don't meet that, because then you're really disappointed. <laughs> so maybe you don't expect chocolate and flowers by candlelight, but you might expect that they'll remember your birthday. Correct, yes. <laughs> Got to find the middle ground. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I had, a, I had a thought in there. It was about um, what you said about, about um, not giving people the dignity of, of making their own decisions. Or, or, and when, you, when, when I have a, a low expectation of somebody, oh, so my kids are never going to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do them. Um, and so, you know, yeah, there's the, there's the back on me. I'm disappointed, maybe resentful. But I'm also not giving them the chance um, to maybe you know, learn a new behavior because if I just give up and I and I don't continue to say, hey, could you do the dishes? Look, the sink's full. Could you do the dishes? Um, and then they're not going to change. Um, at least they're not going to have a motivation to change. Um, you know, think about training a dog, right? <laughs> you, you try to train a dog to do something and they don't do it and they don't do it and they don't do it. And, and you can give up um, or you can... Uh, um, you can keep going because you know eventually it's going to click. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you give up before that point where it clicks, um, then you're going to be, one, you're going to be doomed to continually being disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I find myself, actually, I mean, there's there's a clue. When I find myself saying things like never and always, yes, um, I've probably got low or high expectations. Mm-hmm. So then when, for example, with the, with the dishes, as you were saying, Spencer, so... Do you, for if, for example, you spoke to your kids and said, hey, could you load the dishes? And they said, no, <laughs> then you would, I, I guess in that situation, would it be, I guess for me, when I hear someone, in my, in my head, what I'm thinking is if I asked, for example, my significant other to say no to the groceries when I asked, um, then I would be able to take in that information and readjust my expectations. So when is that? line for you when does it go from nagging to having to where's the line between nagging and just having really low expectations uh wow so nagging is (laughs) nagging is when i keep asking somebody to do something and they don't do it and and nothing changes i keep asking they keep not doing it um we don't stop and say hey what's going on here um i don't readjust my expectations um, you know, and in the, in the case of the dishes, it's 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 really not that they wouldn't do it if they're asked. It's just that they don't think of doing it. Right. Um, and uh, uh, because when I ask, uh, I don't usually get. I mean, occasionally I get, "Hey, I'm in the middle of this really really important conversation on the internet, and I I don't want to do them right now, but I'll do them later." And then maybe they remember to do them later, and maybe they don't, and that's a separate expectation, right? Uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it is tricky. I mean, it's it's it, 
all this interpersonal relationship stuff is tricky, and that's why we keep <laughs> talking about it, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Any closing thoughts? Kelly? <laughs> uh, it works if you work it. <laughs> all right. Um, after a short break, we'll be back with our lives in recovery, where we talk about the meetings we attend and what's happening in our lives. And we'll have a short musical interlude with Sarah Barella singing King of Anything. And I heard an interview with her about this song, and, and she is reacting to somebody else's expectations of her, that, that somebody was telling her, I don't know, what she should write about or um, how she should be living her life, whatever it was. And, and here she's rejecting those expectations. She says, who died and made you king of anything? <laughs> section of the podcast we will talk about our lives in recovery what's happening in our meeting in our lives this week spencer okay um what happened this week well um wednesday night meeting was a lead on the first step because in that that meeting that's our uh, just for today meeting it uh every month on the second wednesday of the month uh we have a lead at about the step for that month and so um, this week we effectively had two first steps in a row because our first meeting of the month is always somebody um, giving uh, what we call a first step talk, which is a, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, and it's a longer talk. This was a 10-minute lead about the first step, and there was some really good really good sharing on the first step. And uh, I had conflicts with the other two meetings I normally go to this week, so I, I was not there. Kelly? Well, I actually was out of town for most of this week. Um, I was in New York City for a sales conference and didn't really make it to uh, most of my normal meetings. 
I did go to an AA open talk last night. That was good. Um, and while I was gone, I got a lot of phone calls from, uh, sponsees. So that, um, not that it's a substitution for a meeting, but it is something that I really appreciate that's good and, and helps keep me grounded when I'm not able to make it to meetings. Um, I did notice, and I notice this often when I go to work gatherings, that I notice the absence of recovery in those meetings. And I also notice the, the presence of codependent behavior or addictive behavior. And, um, you know, the fortunate thing about those situations for me, at least, is that I'm sort of like a silent observer. You know, I can, I can pick up on the behavior and see it and I don't have to engage because it's not someone I'm really super intimate with. I can just kind of watch the chaos happen. But it is, you know, it's always a good reminder for me when I'm not at a meeting to see that kind of stuff because it reminds me why I need to go and why I keep coming back. So, so Kelly, I, I wanted to ask, do you have things that you do? Because you travel a lot. So you have things that, that you do to keep the program alive in your life when you're traveling? Um, I do. I mean, it's important to me to try to get to a meeting when I can. Um, obviously, as many people mention, uh, the quality of recovery varies widely depending on where you go. So it's very much an experimental process to, you know, it's a lot of trial and error. Sometimes you have to try five or six meetings in an area before you find one that you really like or one that feels comfortable. Um, I do download um, other recovery podcasts and take those with me and I listen to them while I'm driving or on a plane. Um, definitely bring my literature um, I set up Skype meetings with sponsees and um, sometimes with my sponsor so that I can be connected to people that way. Definitely phone calls. Um, it is a little bit tricky because my schedule is very uh, unpredictable and erratic. So somebody may need something and, and I can't always speak to them when they need it. I kind of have to schedule an appointment to talk, which is sort of embarrassing, but um, but it is, it's important for me to stay in contact, even if it's just through texting. I have some sponsors that, you know, we just text back and forth a ton or email, um, because I need to, I need people to check in with me. Um, otherwise it's really easy for me to get caught up with myself and just kind of drift away. So. Thanks. I think those are great tips, by the way, people. Our topic next week will be letting go. We welcome your thoughts. Please leave a voicemail or send us an email sharing your experience, strength, or hope on this topic. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope about today's topic of expectations or next week's topic of letting go. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. If today's discussion raised a question in your mind or if you have questions you'd like to address about letting go, give us a call. Spencer, how can people send us feedback? Well, you can call us and leave a voicemail at uh, 734-707-8795. That's 734-707-8795. Or if you prefer not to use your voice or maybe you're not in the, the U.S., so that's a long-distance call for you, you can send us email uh, to feedback at the recoveryshow.com. Let me say that again. Feedback at the recovery show. Com. You can also um, leave comments on the website. Uh, we'll post show notes for this podcast on the website, and you can go and leave comments there. We, we will respond to them. 
So Kelly, where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show? Well, as you mentioned, they can visit our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. And there we have all kinds of information about the show, including um, kind of a wrap-up and notes for each episode, a blog with daily meditations, links to music we play, and a page where we periodically post recordings of some Al-Anon Open Talk speakers. And if you've been listening to us, you may notice that, that this episode sounds a little different, and that's because we've um, accomplished a major equipment upgrade this week. Uh, we actually got separate microphones for each of us and a, and a mixer. So hopefully there will be less background noise and our voices will be clearer. Let us know what you think. And we'll close now after uh, another musical interlude. This is Someone Like You by Adele. And in this song, she seems to have expectations of uh, her ex uh, that he'll see how she's hurting uh, and recognize that, that she's not over it. Uh, and I kind of get the impression from the song that that didn't happen. Um, she also seems to have an expectation on herself that, that, that he was the only person that could really fill her life, and she needs to find another person just like him in order to be happy. keep coming back. Whatever your problems are, there are those among us who have had them, too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, please feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. <laughs>